Yo, so have you guys ever eaten boiled bacon before? No, probably not. But I have. Did you even know you could boil bacon? <laughs> I didn't know either. Uh, but then I did it, and it was freaking delicious. Uh, so me and my neighbor and her children would go all go out to dinner. She was like, "Hey, do you want to go to the buffet, or do you want to go to Sizzlers?" <laughs> and I was like. I'll take the buffet, <laughs> but like <laughs> it's mad funny because here in Thailand, Sizzlers is mad popular. <laughs> like Sizzlers has taken off in Thailand. I don't know why, but the people here they love Sizzlers. It's so. Funny, like I think I might have said this actually in an earlier podcast, but there was this one dude here. He was working with a different area of the company. He wasn't a teacher; uh, he was some intern. And uh, he was like, "Yo, we're gonna go to this place." And he was like, "Yo, we're gonna go to the best place ever." I was like, "All right, cool." And he was like, "I love it. I love it so much. It's in the mall. I don't know. You probably never had it before." Uh, and then we get there. And we get to the front of Sizzlers, and he was like, "Here we are." And I was like, "Bro, we're at Sizzlers." And he was like, "Yeah, isn't it freaking awesome? Like, don't you guys love it in America?" And I was like, <laughs> "As I didn't want to like hurt his ego," and so I said, "I was like, yeah, yeah, Sizzlers is awesome. I love Sizzlers." <laughs> but inside, I was just dying the whole time that I was at Sizzlers. <laughs> Like Sizzlers hasn't been popular since the movie, freaking. Uh, oh, what's that movie where it takes place in the office and they break the printer? Frick! Why am I forgetting that movie? Ah, oh, dang! Uh, the first time I ever saw that movie was with Connor Duran, one of my friends. Thanks for showing me that movie. I'm sorry I forgot the like office f- something. I forget when they steal all the money. Dang it! Ah, oh, I forget. Oh, what is the name of that movie? Office. Ah, dang! And they smashed the printer. They steal all the money. It was the turn of the century, so they were all afraid that they were gonna lose everything. Dang it! Forget what that movie was called. Uh, but yeah, Scissors ha- Scissors hasn't been popular since then. Uh, so, uh, I was faced with the choice. All right, go back to Scissors. Go to a nice. It was like a Japanese buffet, and I was like, all right, tight. Let's go to the buffet, and so we go into the buffet. And I've never been to a place like this before, but I've always kind of wanted to. It was the type of buffet where the food comes around on a conveyor belt, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool! Look, the food's all like coming around. We're all like, uh, like it was basically the epit. Like at first, I was like, "Oh, this is the like this is the epitome of gluttonous living <laughs> that you sit in a chair." You don't have to speak to anybody else. You don't have to interact with another human being. All you have to do is sit in your chair and plates of food get shoved into your fat mouth by a conve- a never-ending conveyor belt. And so <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. And it was kind of like medieval. All you needed is like a trough behind you to throw up in after you filled yourself so then you could then empty yourself and then continue to shove your fat face with food from the conveyor belt <laughs> it was it was that's that's what i felt like that's exactly what i felt like until uh i sat down and i looked at all the food that was on the conveyor belt and all the food was raw it's all raw food and now, but it wasn't sushi. It wasn't sushi. It wasn't like food that you eat raw. It was like raw pork, raw beef, raw, uh, like uncooked, like raw spinach. Uh, like you can't eat, but like you can't eat spinach raw. But the type of spinach that you usually cook, that ends up being cooked. It wasn't like the dried spinach leaves. Uh, and I was sat down. I was like, yo. 
in my head, I was like, oh, frick. I made the wrong choice. I was like, all this stuff is raw. And then I sat down. I was like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Like, I can't look like a wuss in front of my pretend children, Namsai and Kaofang. Okay, let's back up a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> in my head, they're kind of like my pretend children. So, I have a neighbor. I think I've talked about them a lot. They're super dope. The neighbor. The mother is named Piedi. The husband, he was gone. He was not here until last week. The husband just got back to Ubon, where we live, last week. And so I've been in this country for like three months. Never saw, like two months, I guess. Not like three months before I met this hu- the husband. I just met the husband last week. Uh, and then I just went on vacation. And I just got back from vacation. Uh, and so I never met the husband. And so it's always just been the wife and the children. And so when, all right, let's back up. <laughs> So when I was in Guatemala, I was living in a homestay. This is in 2015. We just backed up to 2015. 2015, summer of 2015, I was in Guatemala and I was living in a homestay. And I was young at that time. I turned 20. I turned 20 while I was in Guatemala. So I was 19 for a little bit of the time. Uh, and I was living in the same home as a family. My dad, mom, dad, three children. And my level my status level was like older brother while I was there. Like I was older brother, like I played the role of a son to the mother and father in that homestay. Like I was like a kid, I like needed help with everything. And I was like, ah, hey, hey, I'm here. And like I'd always joke around with the kids and stuff like as an older brother. Uh, and so, because you know, I was 19 years old, I was like an older brother. But now, 23 years old things are a little bit different and the children are a little bit younger so i'm a little bit older and i don't live in the house with them but i would just go over there hang out and so i feel like i've graduated from older brother to fun uncle and i love it it's super cool and the reason i'm fun uncle is because i also do responsible stuff like whenever i go over for dinner i always do the dishes and sometimes i cook for them too um, and we'll always so the highlight of my weekends while I'm in Ubon is on Friday nights we go and play we play bingo and uh, oh I know we don't play bingo we play Uno we play Uno Uno is a universal game and uh, I freaking love it I made it I sent a like an Instagram story of us playing Uno once and the the youngest one Namsai it's actually kind of funny how many times I've made her cry and <laughs> cause she's my student too and I so she's in first grade and she's so competitive it's so funny it's <laughs> she's so competitive but she's super young and in first grade so she doesn't know how to handle her emotions and so if she loses she gets really upset but, like, this is when you have to learn. This is when you have to learn how to deal with your emotions. How you learn. What, how you learn. Deal with life. So, I'll intentionally... <laughs> I'll intentionally play games in first grade class where I put them in teams. And where one team is going to lose and the other team is going to win. And I tell the teams, after the game is over, team one has won and team two has lost. And if Namsai is on that theme too that loses <laughs> like it's funny but it's sad but like it's funny cause <laughs> like I love my students I love them this, I love I love I love all my students so much I love my job I feel like I found the golden ticket I feel so grateful I found a job that I love uh and but a part of that is when <laughs> For me, it's sad, and I'll nurture the kids afterwards. But, and I don't laugh in front of them, but I laugh to myself at the end of the day and inside. Because for me, it's the funniest thing in the world 
to make half of a class of first grade Asian kids so happy, but then make the other half of the Asian first grade Asian kids so sad to the point of tears it's it cracks me up inside because it was like we play games like bingo like in the classroom we'll play bingo we'll play like find the color red and (laughs) and the kids will just cry in anguish when they lose and and it's so like if you don't laugh at that you take things too seriously. If you if you don't laugh at that, take like take a step back because they're gonna be fine. All right, because five minutes after they cry, they're giving me hugs and they love in life. Okay, so it's not actual like oh my gosh, uh, the last people, the last of my people has just been genocided type cry. It's not like that. It's not a serious cry. It's crying because they don't know how to deal with life yet understandably because they've been alive for like 20 months and so uh it makes sense that they they would cry over losing a silly game and so if you don't laugh at children crying over silly things you take things too seriously and also i don't think you understand children oh bango zinger yeah hot take i'm gonna say it if you don't laugh (laughs) if you If you don't, here's the hot take. If you don't laugh at children while they're crying, you don't understand children. (laughs) That's the hot take. I'm standing by it. I believe it. But if if a kid is like actually crying because they're hurt, then that's different. But if you don't, that's that's not the crying I'm talking about. Crying I'm talking about is over something silly. If they don't like lost their bubblegum wrapper that they were gonna forget about in two seconds anyway uh if you don't laugh at that cry you don't get it uh so you should laugh at children crying more that's that is life advice if you see children crying laugh at them (laughs) and so uh uh boiled bake uh eating raw meat eating raw meat um i'm in front of my my pretend nieces, Kaofang and Namsai, not my children, nieces, because I'm the fun uncle. I'm the fun uncle. I'm not like, I'm not like the creepy, weird uncle. That's not me. I'm the fun uncle who uh, will, when we go get ice cream and her mom will give money to the kids, they'll give me the money, but then I just give them the money right back and I pay for the ice cream and I tell them, shh. And so I did that. So one time we were playing Uno. Wow, yeah, we're going. Uh, so we're playing Uno. And the bet, we, we gamble while we play Uno. But we don't gamble with money. Uh, we gamble with some whoever loses has to go get ice cream. And uh, so uh, I lose. I lose Uno. And so I have to go get the ice cream. And the mother, her name is P. Ari. Okay, so the mother, she hands me the keys to her moped she goes here you go go get the ice cream and i was like tight and so have you ever seen uh i'm sure if you've if you've been to central america or south america or asia i don't know what Africa's like but I'm, I'm i bet you it's kind of the same uh in greece they do it uh i haven't ever seen it in western europe but if you've seen it in movies or anything, a lot, so often you will see entire families on mopeds or motorcycles. And I'm not meaning two people. I'm meaning two grown adults and three children all on one moped. And these are not big mopeds. These are normal sized mopeds. And I'm not even kidding you. I have seen with my own two eyes, the max, the max I've seen has two full-grown adults and three children. I have seen it before. So that's five people. Five people on one moped. I have seen it in my own eyes. And so often will I see three people on a moped, four people on a moped, 
four people and a goat, three people and a kitten, five people and a dog. I've never seen five and a dog. I've seen four and a dog. But like three people, one man, two children, he's smoking a cigarette and talking on the phone at the same time. Seen it, seen it all. And I would look at those people and I would be like, yo, those people are crazy. I was like, how do they do that? I was like, that's so dangerous. And I would just see it, but I see it every single day, every single day. And you know, when you see something every single day, it becomes familiar, it just becomes normal. And so I just look at this, I'm like, ah, yeah, it's not the bad, whatever. Yeah, smoke your cigarette with your children without a helmet on right next to you. It's fine. And so uh, I lose Uno and Piety, the mother. She hands me the keys. And she goes to Namsai and Kafang. She says, go with him. And I was like, did she just say that? And I was like, there's no way. I was like, there's no way she wants me to go to get ice cream with all of her children on the moped. Because think of... So, Ned, like, think of your mother. And then think of, think of any other mother that you've ever met in your entire life. And I want you to imagine the words coming out of her mouth. I want you to imagine these words coming out of that mother. Let's listen to this. Here you go, children. Go ride at nighttime on a moped with another person who we've only known for like three months without any helmets to go get ice cream. And so, for, like, if that if somebody did that, if you if you were in the United States and you saw, if and if somebody drove on a moped with two children on it without any helmets, you would get arrested. You would get arrested. You would get pulled over immediately, and you would get arrested. You would get arrested for child endangerment, and you would lose your children. You would lose if you were a. a parent and you did that with your children on the regular roads on the highway i rode on a highway with these children <laughs> no helmets and if that happened in america and if a father if a father did that with his children with his children wearing no helmets he would lose his children his children would be put into foster care he would not be able to have possession of his children any longer. But here, if you lose a game of Uno, that's what you go do. And so when I first got here, I was like, that's crazy. I would never do that. But then I lost Uno, and I was like, you got to do what you got to do. And it was bad fun. I loved it. It was freaking dope driving around with these two little kids. Freaking Namsai, she's a first grader. Kafang, she's a third grader. They're mad cool. Uh, they're, they're super funny. Uh, and with Namsai, you know, she's, being, she's super competitive. Uh, and so she'll cry a lot when we play Uno if she loses. Uh, but, you know, she's learning how to deal. That's all you got to do. Just learn how to deal with life. That's it. Uh, and, uh, and so we go get ice cream. Oh, also... This moped has no license. Like, I have, it has no license plate. There are no license plates on this moped. So, we're riding an illegal moped with no helmets, with over the recommended or over the legal amount of people to be on the moped at nighttime. Uh, And then with me. Um, just think about any mother, any mother, any mother you've ever known ever that would never, that would never fly. That would never happen. Uh, but you got to do what you got to do. And, you know, speaking of doing what you got to do, raw bacon. Um, we're back. We're back in the conveyor belt. And I was just like, all right, I got to, I can't look like a wuss in front of these kids. I got to do what I got to do. And then as I'm preparing myself to eat all of this raw meat, uh, these ladies come over and they put pots of water and little tiny hot plates 
in front of they put hot plates and like a pot in front of us to boil water and then i was like oh thank goodness i was like because i was about to just start eating raw meat and thank goodness i don't have to do that and we got these hot plates and we just we get boiling water and then you put the raw stuff in the boiling water and then you cook it and then you eat it not not you don't eat it raw but i was confused for about a good five minutes uh when everybody was like getting their drinks getting all settled in i was hyping myself up all right can't look like a wuss gotta be a man gotta be a man gotta eat this raw meat gotta do do you love your kids you gotta do what you gotta do man (laughs) would you would you eat raw meat and possibly get salmonella and throw up and be on the toilet profusely for your kids do you love your kids man (laughs) you gotta do what you gotta do gotta do what a man does and so that was me. That's what I was saying to myself the whole time. But then boiling water comes, and boiling water you get to cook things. And there was bacon. And amongst other things, lots of Asian things, and I ate an assortment of all of them. But I was like, bacon, that looks familiar. I haven't had that before. Pop it in the water. Boiled bacon is mad good. You should try it at your house. It's nice. It's nice. And you could, like, add some flavoring to the water if you want. It's good. It's a different... Uh, different type of thing but it's nice you should try it wow wow we like that part of the podcast was supposed to be like two minutes (laughs) like i've got a whole vacation to talk about and i don't even know if we're gonna get to it (laughs) uh (laughs) you guys are awesome sorry i haven't made a podcast in a while uh, I want to give, I want to give a very special acknowledgement to Joseph Saggio. Uh, he always shows me love, always shows me lots of love, and he always shows his support. And you know, like this podcast, I do it because it's fun. I do it because like not a lot of people listen to it, but the people who do listen to it, it seems that like you guys like it, and so I really like doing it. Uh, I like talking about the things that I do. So it helps me remember them. Uh, and uh and i like you know the people who want to know about my life who want to listen to it here you go here's the things that i do uh and so i enjoy it all the way around and so joe saggio thank you so much for for showing me love and showing me support i appreciate it a lot and joe saggio he showed me not even support just in this podcast he showed me an overwhelmingly amount overwhelming amount of support in the book that i wrote called the dopeness of christ he was one of my first friends to buy it. Uh, like, it was no questions asked. He saw that it was out. Bang, he bought it right away. Uh, and so, Joe Saggio, I appreciate you. The things that you do do not go unnoticed. Thank you, my friend. Uh, and now, here's an update about... I remember last uh, podcast when I told you all about that jerk of a teacher uh, who started all those schools, but just uh uh, deceived people on what his whole school was you know what this guy freaking did you know what this scum said he says to one of his teachers that the reason that i am no longer working for them was because of her and this teacher she was a great teacher she was a thai teacher and i intentionally praised her in front of the boss because she did such a good job in the classroom and her english was it was okay uh but you could it was clear as day that she cared about the well-being of her students and she wanted them to succeed and she put in the work and so i intentionally praised her in front of the boss and in front of all the other teachers that were there as well and the next week this teacher messages me and she says hey did you quit because i don't have a light like did you stop working with us because i'm an unlicensed teacher and i was like what i was like what are you talking about and she said the the or she says the the boss 
said that you don't want to work for us anymore because I don't have a license to teach and then I'm not a good teacher. And I was like, are you kidding me? And so I made it clear as day to her that it was, again, that I thought she was a wonderful teacher and she did her job really well. Uh, And there was absolutely no confusion between me and the guy that I don't even like calling him the boss because he's a weak of a man. He's a weak little tiny man, not a boss. Uh, it was clear as day why I was no longer working for him. And then he goes and turns it around on his teacher. That guy, straight scum, again, screw that guy all the time. Okay? So think of, so you want to know, if you ever want to think, if you ever run into a person like this and you want to think, you know what, should I trust this guy or should I screw this guy? I want to tell, I'm going to make it really simple for you. Think of how much of a percentage of the time you should uh, be like, screw this guy. Uh, so think of 100% of the time. And then that's exactly amount. That's the exact amount of the, of the amount of time that you should uh, say, screw that guy. <laughs> 100% of the time. Okay. Screw that guy. That this will hopefully be the last time I talk about him, uh, but uh, so now we've been rolling. Uh, now we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Bangkok, and we are gonna talk about how uh, it's it's cool. It's a cool place. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you too much about the city, but I do have a wild story. Okay, a a cool like it's an interesting like what kind of story like not too many wild things happen but one just weird moment goes down and uh but you know when you take a nap and you wake up super disoriented if you have no idea where you are so i took an overnight bus to bangkok from ubon it's about a 10 hour bus i get up or I get to Ubon, or I mean, I get to Bangkok at about 5 a.m. At 7 a.m., I don't get there at 5 a.m. I got there at 3.45 a.m. And at 7 a.m., I was going on a bicycle tour. And so, I couldn't check into my hostel because it's 4 o'clock in the morning. And so, I didn't even try to go to my hostel. I just hopped in a taxi and went straight to where the uh, the bike the bicycle tour started and luckily there was a Sheraton hotel right next to where the tour started so uh, I use a bit of and I looked pretty good even though I just got out of off a bus I was wearing nice clothes I was cleanly shaved uh, so I used my uh, I, I used my well put together uh, white privilege I will say it there was a little bit of that in there and I used it to walk into that Sheraton Hotel and say, hey, I'm waiting for my family. Can I sit here in this lobby until they get here? And they said, yes. Yes, you may, sir. And I was like, thank you. I'm going to sit right here. And so am I proud of lying? No. But I did it. Would I do it again? A hundred percent of the time, yes. <laughs> so, sat down in the lobby. It was a beautiful lobby. Read a little bit. Took a little bit of a nap. Woke up. Was good. That was not the nap that I became disoriented in. Then I go on my bicycle tour. But if part of the bicycle tour is take you on a boat, one of those long tail boats through the river that runs through Bangkok disgusting river that is filled with garbage uh and as a joke they call it the venice of the east and it's a joke because it looks nothing like venice and it looks everything like a garbage river it looks everything that it looks everything like there was a garbage truck and then Imagine if you filled a garbage truck that was filled with garbage up with water 
and then you shrunk yourself down into the size of an ant and you took a cruise through that garbage truck on a leaf that's that's what the river is like and that's why it's funny that they call it the venice of the east because it is not (laughs) but we were riding on this boat for about 45 minutes and if i sit down anywhere on a vehicle on a boat while i'm driving I it's just the, the the little like rocking of the car or the boat and the steady movement and the sound of the motor or the engine it just it just rocks me to sleep so I fall asleep on this boat and then so I, and I'm asleep I am asleep 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 dreaming sleep okay and then I wake up and so imagine imagine you know when like when you fall asleep in your bedroom and you wake up confused about where you are and you're in your bedroom you're in the bedroom that you've lived in your entire life and you wake up confused imagine imagine taking a nap and waking up in a long tail boat in a river of garbage in Asia I woke up. First thing I see is the sky. And I was then immediately, I was confused. I was like, why am I outside? Where was I sleeping? And I was like, where? And I was like, what continent am I in? And I was like, oh, I'm in. I was like, I'm in Ubon. I was like, oh, no, I'm in Bangkok. Frick. How long have I been Bangkok? Did I miss the bike? I was like, did I miss the bicycle tour? And I was like, oh, frick, I'm on the bicycle tour. And I was like, why am I on a boat? Frick. And so it was, it was, it was the epitome of nap time disorientation. Uh, and, and so that, it was a really funny experience. And it was a really funny experience to wake up in a river of garbage that they call the Venice of the East. <laughs> uh, and so... Uh, had the whole bicycle tour. Bangkok's cool, but like it's it's just a super crowded city, and all the Thai people just want to make money off of you, and it's justifiable because there's a ton. It's the most visited city in the whole world, and so it's just super. Uh, there's just tourist traps everywhere. There's a ton of cool temples and stuff, but uh, they're just loaded, loaded with tourists. So when you go to those Buddhist temples, you don't get the. Uh, the atmosphere is different. It's not like you're in a temple. It's like you're in a tourist attraction. But the temples here in Ubon, whenever I go to them, they're empty. They're empty. Uh, except when the, the monks, uh, like there'll be one or two other people, and then the monks doing monk stuff. Uh, and talking about monks, they do, uh, they do super normal stuff too. It's different though because... There's Thai monks, and then there, like there's Thai Buddhism, there's Chinese Buddhism, there's all different types of Buddhism. The Thai Buddhism is different. I'm gonna save the, the Buddhist monk talk for another podcast because on my way back from Bangkok, I sat on a bus next to a monk, and it was mad funny. And so I'm gonna leave all the talk about monks till uh, I think it'll be the next podcast. I think the next podcast because I'm gonna talk about crabby when i went to the beach Mm, lovely week uh for many reasons one reason in particular uh and so um bangkok is cool but like if you have a chance to go you should go but it's nothing uh it's nothing too great it's nothing too crazy uh and so uh i'm staying in a hostel super cool hostel super like uh super like hipster 
uh super yeah like super hipster cool kid kind of hostile like it wasn't a party hostel it was like one there was an elephant on the wall and the lights that were coming down from the ceiling looked like they were from avatar and there was like hipster people with cool hats and then like people with tattoos uh and like everybody smoked cigarettes and so it was just like it was the it was the hip place to be uh so I meet a group of uh, German people, and we go out, uh, and we go out to Chinatown. Chinatown. It looked exactly like New York City Chinatown. It was like the same exact thing, <laughs> uh, but bigger. It was a lot bigger. It's a lot bigger than New York City Chinatown, but it was the same deal. So if you've been to New York City Chinatown, multiply it by a few, and that's Bangkok Chinatown. Uh, and so we go to Chinatown, we get some food, uh, we get some drinks, and then we go to this super dope night market where it was basically like this huge block party where they had all these different bars and restaurants with balconies and like these hippie vans that you could get drinks out of. Super cool place. And then this humongous market, like the biggest market I've ever seen in my life. I'm about to put a picture of it on my Instagram. And it was insane how many people it there were oh frick i forgot to do that i forgot the math but we did the math and it was somewhere between 15,000 and 25,000 people just working that the tents that's how many tents were there that and we the way we got those calculations was we said that there were at least two people working in each tent but there were so often like five people working in each tent. So just the people working in that tent was working in that night marker with thousands and thousands of people. And then imagine all of the people going there. There was probably like 50, 60,000 people just in that one, such a small space. It was crazy. Um, 50, 60,000 might be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but we go to the night market and then after the night market uh oh we were with uh so I was with two german people and I was with an american and then uh, uh I I think he was another american yeah I don't think he was an american I don't think he was an american but it was kind of funny the reason he was going to thailand was so he could get his wisdom teeth taken out uh he got his, He came all the way to Thailand to get his wisdom teeth taken out because he didn't have insurance in the United States or wherever he was from. And I, so I thought that was super funny. But the other American and the wisdom teeth guy, they got tired and they bounced. And the German girl who was with the German guy, she was going to bounce because she got tired. But then we were at the night market and we had some drinks. And then German girl, she got her second wind. And so all of us were like, yo, let's go to Kaosan Road. And Kaosan Road is basically backpackers paradise. It's it's the strip. It is the it is the gold Kaosan Road is the gold standard for backpackers. It is it's 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 it was like a combination of you know New Orleans, that street in New Orleans where you could just walk around and drink everywhere, and Vegas. It was a combination of those two places. It was a combination of those two places and strip clubs. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's. I don't. There weren't any like strip clubs. There weren't any people dancing in the windows. And I didn't see any prostitutes, but it had that kind of dirty little vibe to it. Uh, I've never been to a strip club, but I assume that's what a strip club would feel like. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so imagine, uh, what's this Bourbon Street? So imagine Bourbon Street and Las Vegas and the atmosphere of a strip club all put together in one. And there's Kaosan Road. Uh, and so at Kaosan Road, uh, it was just, it's cool. Like, it's cool to do a few times, a couple times. I only did it once. I would have went again, but I was kind of tired and other things came up to do. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go back to Kaosan Road. Uh, sorry for that yawn. I'm a little bit tired right now. It's uh, it's ten in the morning here in Thailand, 
on uh, on Monday, August 29th, and I just got back from two from two back to back overnight bus rides. So I overnight bused it from Krabi to Bangkok, and the next night I overnight bused it from Bangkok to Ubon. And so I'm 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 laying prostrate on my bed right now. Uh, it's not sexy or sexual at all. Like I, I literally, I'm not, this isn't even a joke. I just pulled lint out of my hairy belly button. Like it's not, uh, not a good sight to see. Uh, but that's where I am. <laughs> and this is who I am. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, we are, uh, so we're at Castle Road. And we go to a bar. We go sit down at a table, and uh, we so we sit down at a table, and then German girl, she notices another girl from across the bar, and she notices this girl because this girl would stand up and dance for many minutes at a time, but for all of those many minutes, she was recording herself with her phone and was just recording herself dancing was dancing with nobody else but just recording herself so she noticed this and uh she uh she was like yo look at this girl she looks kind of stupid (laughs) and we were all like yeah she does look pretty stupid um (laughs) because i'm yeah here's another hot take i'm calling a spade a spade hey if you're listening to this podcast and you go to bars and you record yourself dancing for more than 10 seconds, uh, you, you look stupid, okay? You do. You look stupid. And there's a chance that you are stupid, okay? I'm not going to say you are stupid. Uh, you might be stupid, but you definitely look stupid if you record yourself dancing for more than 10 seconds. For more than 10 seconds, for the whole night. Not 10 seconds per video. Not the Snapchat like You get 10 seconds of video. If you record yourself... If you record yourself basically, like, with your face, like, singing along in a, in a car or doing, like, I don't even know what other things to do. But if you, like, you look stupid, don't do it. Don't. Just don't. Just stop. Ten seconds. Cut it off. Cut it off at ten seconds with every time you're recording your, your face. That's what pictures are for. There's people, you can, if it's a picture, if people want to look at your face, look at a picture, it won't move. It'll always be there. And they can just get to look at it, they can gaze at it. But uh, don't, rule of thumb, don't record yourself for more than 10 seconds dancing at a bar for more than 10 seconds ever because you look stupid. And so we were all like, hey, <laughs> she looks kind of stupid. But then we were like, where's she from? She looked really, she looked, uh, we couldn't figure out where she was from. One of us said South America. Uh, one of us said from an Asian country, from some Asian country. And I said from Israel. And we were all, eventually we found out that we were all wrong. But we were like, yo, frick. Once we all disagreed, we were like, we got to find out. And I was like, I'll go ask. And, uh, uh, I feel really bad that I'm forgetting this German girl's name because she was super awesome. The guy we were with was Julian, uh, and he was super cool. Uh, what was her name? It was uh, Frank. Yeah, I forget it. If I looked on the internet, I'd be able to find it. Uh, no, they didn't have any. It's, they didn't have any social media at all. Uh, so I'll never be able to contact them ever again for the rest of my life. These people. <laughs> uh, and uh, so let's call a German girl Susan. No, let's not call her Susan. Let's call her German girl. Um, and so German girl was like, yo, hold up. Like, look, I think that guy's with her. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm with and I was, And then I just walked away. And she was a little nervous that I was just going to go right up to the girl and ask her, start asking her questions, and then maybe cause a problem by getting the guy jealous. But I didn't because I understand how uh, men and women work in that way in that in jealousy and stuff especially in bars and drinking and so I go right up to the guy and I say hey guy my name's John uh me and my friends we're over there and we think the two of you look really interesting 
where are you guys from? And I kid you not, this is not a joke. This is not me exaggerating or telling a joke. The first words out of his mouth were, I'm from Turkey and I'm gay. She's from Tunisia and she is not gay. And I said, dope. (laughs) And then he just starts talking about more things. And then we have right after that, like I was like, uh, I was stunned a little bit because that's a weird way to start a conversation. Um, It eerily reminded me of the John Mulaney stand-up bit where uh, he goes, where I think it was a true story, so I guess it happens a lot, where he's talking about the homeless person introducing himself to him, and he was like, I am gay, and I am new in town, and I have AIDS. (laughs) And then that whole stand-up bit, uh, that's what it really reminded me of when the the homeless person was trying to figure out how to uh, order the their uh, credentials while meeting John Mulaney when they were like should I start off with I am gay or no 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 I have AIDS (laughs) go watch John Mulaney new in town great stand up Uh, and so I was like alright that's cool but then we have a really pleasant conversation we exchange pleasantries and I was like hey do you want to come sit with us? We have a big table. And he was like, no, 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 no. And he like grabs my arm and stuff uh, like a gay person would do. And uh, he says, no, you come over to our table. And I was like, all right, dope. You guys sound fun. And so I bring over my friends and then I don't tell them the part that he's gay. Um, and I just say, hey, they seem really nice. Let's go sit down. And they're like, okay, cool. And so we go sit down. And the girl, she's still dancing, still dancing, just recording herself. Uh, and then so we all talk to the Turkish man. Uh, and then the Turkish man, this whole time, he's trying to figure out what Julian and my relationship is. Uh, he keeps looking at us and, like, making little weird gestures and... Uh, and but like the whole time we just have a nice pleasant conversation very normal very 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 normal conversation but then halfway through this normal conversation he goes he asks German girl he goes are they dating and then uh, and that's not me making fun of a gay person how they sound that's how he sounded okay so don't get mad at me um, and uh, so and then I heard him say this and so I kind of play into it a little bit and I put my arm around Julian and I make a heart sign and I pretend to give him a little kiss you know a little playful banter and then uh, he like got just like mad and then uh, I was like nah dude I'm just kidding we're not gay like we're not dating each other uh, I was like we don't date men uh, and he asked the German girl are you dating any of them and she was like, no, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, he was like, oh, so you're a lesbian? And she was like, no, I just don't have a boyfriend. Uh, and then that's when that was the first part of the conversation. I was like, this guy's a little weird. And then he makes it, he tells me, hey, go dance with the girl from Tunisia. And I said, Okay, and I look up at the girlfriend Tunisia, and she like smiles, and she's like, "Yeah, come dance." I was like, "All right, cool, let's dance." And then, as we're dancing, which lasts for about ten seconds, uh, she doesn't put down her phone, and she's still she records herself the entire time while dancing next to me, not with me. She's not dancing with me; she's dancing with her phone, uh, and so. I kid you, 10 seconds and I sit down I was like this is not this is not what I'm gonna do here this is not worth my time uh, and then so a few seconds later she sits down we all have a little bit of a conversation and then she get ready prepare yourself for this a little bit uh, if you're a younger person or if you uh, don't like things that are inappropriate might be a good time to tune out uh and so she pulls me in and she says to me, and again, I am not exaggerating. She says to me, I want to have sex with you, 
$200 for the hour. And the actual sounds that come out of my mouth because I was so floored because they did not like it's different if you're walking on the street and you walk past a prostitute and she says to you hey want to have sex that's a normal thing to happen but when you don't think somebody's a prostitute and then they ask you to have sex with them for money that's a surprise you know like you know, like this is a little bit extreme, but like when you're walking around New York City, you're walking around anywhere not the best area. You, you probably have run into prostitutes before, and they ask you, "Hey, let's have sex." And you're like, "No, nah, it's cool, it's fine, no worries. I don't want to do that." Uh, and then, uh, and that's kind of normal. It's kind of a normal exchange. But this, for me, was not a normal exchange. I have never been here before because the only prostitutes that I've ever dealt with, I've known that they were prostitutes. And now I've never slept with a prostitute. I've never paid for any form of sex ever. Uh, so, but I've been to places just like everybody else has where prostitutes are. And now maybe I'm a little bit extreme because that sounds weird coming out of my mouth. But I've spoken to a pretty decent handful of prostitutes before. Um, and... Uh, but I've never been in this situation before where I spend about an hour with somebody not knowing that they're a prostitute uh, and then finding out that they are a prostitute and my first like the first thing that came into my head was $200 is pretty cheap to have sex with somebody like right like I don't know what the going rate of a prostitute is but this girl she was young uh, not like young, young, but like she was definitely over, for sure over 18. She looked like she was about 25 years old. Um, and she was incredibly attractive. Um, and like one of the more attractive girls I've ever seen in real life. Um, and so I was like, $200. In my head, I was like, that's it? It's like, that's all like, your, that's your price? I was like, it was like, I, one, I don't think you should be selling your body for sex ever for any amount of money. But then if you're going to do it, charge a little bit more money. Um, and so I, and so the actual sounds, then this again is not a joke. The actual sounds that come out of my mouth were, because I was so floored, those things, those those sounds actually came out of my mouth because I was just so confused. I had no idea what to say. And then, eventually, I finally get out the words of, "I don't." I was like, "I don't." I thought this was just a normal uh, uh, hanging out kind of meeting people at a bar type deal. I don't. I don't. I don't do that. I was like, I, and she didn't speak very good English. Uh, and so me stumbling all over, over, over these words wasn't helping. But she finally understood that uh, I was not going to go for $200 for the hour. But then as first when I said no, then she started to get a little arrogant. And she started to get a little pompous about it. And she was like, I'm the best. And she goes, I'll do anything. She was like, come on, I'll do anything. $200 for the hour. And I was like, no. And she was like, no, I can do anything. I Not even just, I will do anything. She was like, I can do anything. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't pay for sex. I was like, I'm not, I'm not having sex with you for any amount of money ever. Uh, and then as soon as she realized business was over, she literally changed her entire body language and uh, like just face the other way. And then as that interaction was happening, the other three, the Turkish man, the German girl, and Julian, also German, but he's a guy, uh, they were all talking. They didn't hear any of that. And so we were all sharing a bucket. We were all sharing a bucket of, of drinks. And so I leaned into the bucket. I thought this was sly as heck. <laughs> I thought this was super sly. I, I lean into the bucket. I take a drink. And while I'm taking a drink, I say, she's a prostitute. 
And then Julian kind of hears me, but he doesn't hear what I say. And so I go in and I take another drink. And I say, she's a prostitute. And then we lock eyes and I tell him to come take a drink. So he comes take a, takes a drink. And as I'm sipping my drink, I say, she's a prostitute. And then he was like, what? She's like, for money? And I was like, yeah, she's a prostitute. $200 for the hour. And then German girl, she hears she hears the same things and then we make eye contact with her and we're like come here come 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 and then Julian and I at the same time we're like we sip our drinks and we're like she's a prostitute $200 for the hour and then she's like what for money we're like yeah $200 for the hour <laughs> and then German girl like immediately like doesn't skip a beat starts talking to the guy and was like yo are you her pimp and uh, he was like and then, like, we, I didn't hear any of this conversation. She told us afterwards what they were talking about. But this guy, they were a sketchy couple. They were a sketchy couple of guys. Uh, like, a sketchy couple of people. Uh, and so, uh, what he says is that he was not her pimp. But they were just friends. And that they were traveling around Asia together. And then he apologized because he said that this was, he apologized for her, for her, the girl from Tunisia, possibly being offensive because she's never, uh, I think the right word is solicited herself to a Western man before. Um, and so he said she might have been a little embarrassed for her uh, forwardness. And, uh, and then, like, his story really didn't add up, uh, so I don't know how true this is. A lot of things that he said were kind of contradictory, uh, uh, this is all a word from German girl. I didn't hear any of this conversation, but I was sitting at the table as it was happening. Uh, and so what Turkish man says to German girl was that, and, uh, so Tunisia is an Arabic country, and, uh, like this German girl, she's asking, asking freaking wonderful questions. She's really taking advantage of this moment. Um, and what this dude says is uh, that Arabic women are either virgins until they're married or they sell themselves for sex on the side. And so he says that Arabic women are either virgins until they're married or, as a side job, sell themselves for sex. I don't know how true that is. I don't know many Arabic people. I don't understand Arabic culture. This is the first time I've ever heard that from anybody on earth. But it came from somebody who lived in Arabic culture. Uh, his whole life and who understands it uh, and it also came from a woman who was an Arabic woman uh, selling herself for for her sex and so uh, I don't know how true it is it could be true but it also could be wrong or it could be just kind of true and true sometimes or true more often than it is true in other cultures. Because uh, that happens in Western culture too. Some people weren't, won't be prostitutes, but they'll sell, they'll, they'll have sex with people for money. Uh, that happens, in, in, but like they won't be for a pimp or they won't do it through a pimp and they wouldn't even consider themselves a prostitute. Uh, like those people exist in Western culture as well. Um, and if that's you, uh, I wish, I wish... I wish you had another form of income, and I think I think you can get another form of income, because uh, if you are selling yourself for sex, I think you can. Uh, I think you deserve a bit better. But if that's you, and you want to keep doing you, you do you. But I think there's a better thing out there for you. Uh, so, uh, and so what the the Turkish man was saying, he said it's very normal in Arabic culture for this interaction to take place. And so he was like, she is not a prostitute. I am not a pimp. She is just a normal person. But she's not going to have sex with you unless you give her money. And so he was like, she's not a prostitute. She's just a regular person. But 
And she was like, and she wants to have sex with you. Speaking to me, she goes, and she wants to have sex with you, but she's not going to do it unless you pay her. She's not a prostitute, but she's not going to have sex with you unless you pay her. And then once unanimous, unanimously, all of us were like, because then once he heard the no from me, once he figured out the no from me, from her, the girl, he goes over to German girl and she was like, hey, he was like, if you want to go with her, like you can do that too. Um, and because she's, uh, uh, she'll do stuff with girls as well. And then once there was a unanimous no from all three of us that they would not be making money from us, they just got up and left. All pleasantries out the door. They just got up and left. Um, and so that makes me think that he was a pimp and she was definitely a prostitute. Uh, it wasn't just like a friendly, friendly gathering in that she sometimes makes money by having sex with people. Uh, and so that was that. And then uh, we, the night was pretty late and this was a pretty cool, it was a pretty cool atmosphere. Like the, a lot of the tourists were gone uh, and this I thought was pretty crazy. Do you know uh, nitrous oxide? Uh, that they put in balloons and then you suck them in and you get high, like whippets, like from whipped cream. Uh, like once the night started to get a little later, like at all the bars, like literally put up signs, had people in the streets with signs that would say balloons or laughing gas. Uh, and it was kind of cool because there was all these local people like sitting around in circles doing the balloons and they were playing this really melodic music, and they were all sitting around in these groups, and uh, like it was seems it was really peaceful. It's after like the craziness of the bar and the dancing and stuff, all the music turned off, and then people brought out these acoustic guitars, and they're getting high off these balloons, and they're just sitting around playing this really melodic music, and they're all just kind of vibing to it. It was a kind of a cool atmosphere to uh, to to be in for a bit. Uh, and it was, uh, it was, it seemed, it was, it seemed like, a like a nice little happy, happy little kumbaya circle. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, uh, we just walked back to our hostel and then, and then went to sleep. But then Julian, he was mad funny. Uh, I could listen to him say, I'm going to go get a toasty for the rest of my life because he had this thick German accent. I have no idea what a toasty is, but this guy could eat a lot. Like we ate at the night market and then at Cows on Road, he just had gotten uh, a full plate of fried rice. And then after the fried rice, before we go to sleep, he's like, I got to go to 7-Eleven. I have to get a toasty. And I was like, what are you getting? He was like, a toasty. And I was like, dude, you just ate. He was like, I'm so hungry. And then uh, I go to sleep. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I go to sleep. A German girl goes to sleep. Uh, and then Julian, we say goodbye to Julian. I go into my room. German girl goes into her room. Uh, and then we all say goodbye. Next morning, Julian's like, yo, I didn't get to sleep until like 5.30 in the morning. I had so many toasties. <laughs> I was like, yo, you stayed up till 6 o'clock in the morning eating toasties? <laughs> I still have no idea. I have no idea what a toastie is. Uh, but then, uh, uh, and then we, we part ways the next day because I got on a bus and I went down to Krabby. And Krabby, I will tell you all about Krabby in the next podcast Krabby was wonderful I loved it I, I'm, I want to go back for Christmas um, but so I will tell you about Krabby next podcast but what I will tell you about this podcast is the Joffrey conversation ender of the week so Remember way back when I made that podcast about me getting a flat tire in the van 
first person I call when that happens is Joffrey. And I was like, yo, Joffrey, what do I do? He doesn't answer the phone. Uh, he doesn't answer the phone the whole night. So I figured it out all on my own. Uh, and then uh, figured out the next day, calls me back. He's like, hey, what's wrong? I was like, oh, no worries. Nothing's wrong. Everything's all good. He was like, you called me. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did my bad. It's all good. Everything's taken care of. And he was like, no, why'd you call me? And I was like, oh, it's just because I got a flat tire in the big black van. Uh, but I got the tire changed. Everything's fine. It didn't cost any money. Everything's fine. Um, and he said, which car are you driving? Which car were you driving? And I said, I was driving the big black van. And he said, and then literally he goes, no, 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 no. Which car were you driving? And I said, I was driving the big black van. And he switches. And he said, whose car were you driving? And I said, I was driving the owners of the big black van's car. And he goes, one more time. He goes, no, you're not understanding me. Which car were you driving? And I said, I was driving the big black van. And then, and then, the words that come out of his mouth just made me reassess my entire philosophy of humanity because he says to me oh no 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 I know which car you were driving I'll tell you you were driving the big black van and then do you know what I said I said because I was just so... And at this point, this, this isn't one of the first Joffrey conversations. This is... I've known Joffrey for a while now. And so I've gotten used to him. And so... You know what the words came out of my mouth? Because I knew it wasn't... There's no point. There's nothing... Anything that exists outside of Joffrey's head is not real. It, nothing goes into Joffrey's head. It's all just whatever's in there. That's That's the universe. What's in there? Everything else is just non-existent it's like a black hole uh where nothing can exit uh and he and so i say to him oh yeah you're right i was driving the big black van and he was like yeah i know i'm right and i was like yeah you are can we stop talking now and he was like yeah goodbye i was like okay goodbye and then uh that was it and so now I've learned no longer to uh no longer to try to fight the uh the Joffrey conversation enders just cuz there's no point there's no point it doesn't hurt my pride to lose a conversation about nothing uh if it was a conversation if it has to do with students and he's wrong I speak up constantly and I don't let uh the Joffrey conversation enders went out. Uh, but if it's about stupid stuff, who cares? It's not a hill that I'm going to die on. Whew. That was a podcast. <sighs> Thank you guys for listening. You guys are the best. I love you guys so much. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening. I miss you guys next so much. I miss you guys so much. I can't wait to tell you about Krabby to Beach Town. Lovely, lovely week. I cannot wait to tell you guys about it. It was awesome. I hope you listen to this podcast. I think it was a good one. I love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. You guys are the best. Until next time.